that's a whole nother deal. <laughs> yeah, so I teach high intensity interval training class and hump day class, which is some booty work. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. I love it. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. Oh, so fun. Welcome to Spark. I'm Angela Wagner. And I'm Megan Lyons. And together we're here as your hosts for a mix of happy hour style venting and results-based coaching. Spark is a judgment-free space where we'll chat about both the brilliant bits of life as well as the bits that are a little more sucky. With lightness, laughter, and the belief that there's no such thing as oversharing, we'll guide you in finding clear paths out of murky messes and toward discovering inspiration in everyday moments. This week, we have a special guest, health coach Megan Lyons. Megan has shared her game-changing approach to wellness with thousands of people through personalized health coaching, corporate and group wellness programs, and motivational and educational speaking. As founder and owner of the Lions Share Wellness, she's deeply passionate about inspiring others to feel their healthiest and happiest. Welcome, Megan. Thank you. So excited to be here with you, Angela. Yes, I am too. So I'll give our listeners a little bit more information. So Megan is the author of Start Here, Seven Easy Diet-Free Steps to Achieve Your Ultimate Health and Happiness, which is a top 10 Amazon bestseller in nutrition, which is very cool. I'm excited to ask you about that. Her Lion's Share Coaching Academy helps aspiring coaches streamline their business and skyrocket their success. She holds degrees and certifications from Harvard University, Northwestern, and the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and is a candidate for a master's in holistic nutrition. Very cool. She lectures widely at hospitals, corporations, and organizations. When she's not health coaching, you can find her working out, teaching fitness classes, cooking, reading, traveling, and cheering on the Dallas Mavericks. All right. (laughs) Which... She lives in Dallas right here, which is pretty awesome, with her husband, Kevin, and adorable dog, Maverick. Oh, so fun. You have a very full and exciting life. Yes, I do. I love that term, full. I always try to get myself to say full instead of busy because it feels so much better. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's what we want. Like, we want it to be full and nourished, which I guess goes right along with what you do. Uh, So why don't you give us a little bit of information on how you got into this this um, nutrition stuff? Sure. So I had a, a bit of a winding path to get here. I was studying business, went to business school, was doing management consulting, was really not in the nutrition world at all. But it was kind of my side gig, my passion. I was always talking to people about nutrition, helping them feel better, learning about it, reading, going to conferences, things like that. And once I kind of became disillusioned or reached my limit with consulting and wanted a change for myself, I thought, what would I do in my wildest dreams? And honestly, it didn't occur to me because I was so in that world of business that I was like, oh, could I go to marketing or could I go to strategy? It was really narrow lens. 
But then uh, through a lot of self-reflection and other people asking other people what they thought my passion was, I was like, oh, obviously it hit me over the head. So I made the decision in, well, I really made the decision in probably 2012, but I didn't leave consulting until January 6th of 2014. I started my business the same day and I've never looked back since. It's been amazing. Oh, that's so awesome. I love to talk to entrepreneurs who have shifted from that because a lot of people that I coach are looking to maybe start a new business or maybe just change what they're doing, which can seem really scary. And it is scary, but it's also really exciting, the opportunities. And then, I mean, how do you feel now? Oh, I feel amazing now. You're right. It's scary at first because you're on this path. It's you know, you could say taking a step back or starting over or anything like that to change fields. But I don't like to think of it that way. I think of everything that I did in the past as building me up for what I'm doing now. Um, And it's just a sidestep. Now I can go fly and do what I was really meant to do. So it's been great. It's been so fun. Oh, that's so great. And really, what I always tell people too, is that like, it doesn't have to be permanent. So it's like, take the leap. And if you don't love it, or it's not working out, you can always go get a, a job like that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so try it out. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your book. Sure. So uh, my book came out in January of 2016, um, which is about a year and a half ago. And I wanted to write a book because there are so many fad books out there. So many, the latest, greatest, crazy pill or crazy diet or crazy whatever. And that's very opposite to my approach. So all my clients come in and they're like, oh, have you read whatever right now this week? It's have you seen what the health? Have you done this? Have you done this? Whatever. And I wanted to say, yes, I've heard of that. I understand where you're coming from. The the hunger to get something miraculous and fad is real. But at the end of the day, we've always known the basics of nutrition. It's very, um, you know, it's, it's very elementary. It's very simple if you let it be. It's eat more vegetables, drink more water, eat less sugar, things like that. Things that people already know, but that they don't really know how to implement or they don't prioritize because they they think there must be something fancier. So Start Here, my book, is just a way to get back to the basics and really empower people to take those steps that they know they would feel better if if they did. For example, water, you know, like I said, everyone knows they should drink more water, but we forget to do it. So why do you need to do that? How do you do it? How do you make it more actionable? These are all the things that I'll talk about uh, throughout the book. Oh, I love that. That's so funny you say that because I went to get a massage and she was like, you're just a little slightly dehydrated. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding? And then I was like, hmm, I've had coffee and then I had an iced tea. And then, you know, like, uh-huh. yeah. And then I, I get to yoga and I'll drink like 30 million, you know, gallons of water. But before that, I have to really be intentional. So it's so true. Yeah, okay, good. Well, and we're, I actually already pulled that off Amazon and um, we're going to put it in the show notes. So you guys know you can go to AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. We're going to have all of Megan's information, her website, her socials, all the good stuff so you can connect with her and a link to her book that you can purchase, which is really inexpensive way to just t- do some simple things to starting to feel better. That's what I love about nutrition is it's just such a simple 
and free way to make yourself feel so much better. I feel like there's so many ways we can heal ourselves versus taking a pill. And so much of it's just in choosing what we're eating. Absolutely. I second everything you said. I know. I'm like, I imagine you ta- you say that about 800 times a day, right? <laughs> well, I love it. It never gets old. Those things that we say 800 times a day, it's because we and, and other people really need to hear them over and over. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. So you're going to share a sucky moment of the week. So it's one of our favorite segments. Here's our sucky scale. One being kind of sucky, five being super sucky. One, two, three, seriously, four, five. So what do you rate your sucky moment as? So this week, it's really only a one. And I was upset that I didn't have more of a sucky one to share with you. Oh, you can't be upset that you don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's a good thing that it's a one, right? <laughs> it's been a great week. I can say that for sure. Okay, so what was what happened? So traffic is really the one that stands out to me. I hate traffic, and I hate traffic so much that when I was choosing an office, my number one requirement was that I had to be able to walk to work every day because traffic just stresses me out. And I'm really working on it. But I drove down to Austin this week for a little getaway, which was amazing. And the traffic on the way there was just abysmal. So it was supposed to take three hours and seven minutes. And it ended up taking me like five hours or 20 minutes, something like that. Uh, And it was a great coaching opportunity for myself. because (laughs) I always try to say, can't change it. There's nothing you can do. You know, situations could be so much worse. You're going to vacation and you're going to get there an hour later, but it feels frustrating in the moment because you're so disempowered. So I coached myself through it. I made it. It was just fine, but that's the suckiest moment I've had so far. Oh, that's, yeah. And actually, I'm impressed that you only said it was a one because I know a lot of people that live in Dallas and Austin that have done that drive that would definitely call that a five. Uh, (laughs) I guess it's all relative. And it's all perspective, right? So you're inspired action just that you can't change it. I've actually found since I've gotten into listening to podcasts and obviously doing a podcast that they have changed my life with traffic because for that's the time I listen to them. And so I feel like I get to have this like fun time. So whenever I am in traffic, I'm like, what other podcasts can I listen to? (laughs) You know, that's exactly what I did. I listened to your episode with your mom. And I listened. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I listened to a couple other episodes. And then I listened to a couple other podcasts as well. And the time really did fly by. It was fun. Oh, that's so great. Yes. Oh, cool. Okay. Yes. The 35. It was funny. We were just driving down to San Antonio a couple weeks ago and my husband and I were like, we still can't believe that 35 has not changed. Like it's been under construction for like 20 years and they've been expanding it for 20 years. And I'm like, this drive is still brutal. So yeah. It better be amazing once they finish it up. (laughs) I know. We might not live to see it, but... It's been close to five years since I went through Angela's Spark program. At the time, I knew I wanted a shift in my life, but I didn't have a vision for what that meant or how to go about creating change. 
So Spark program was pivotal in, de- in defining what I didn't want in order to make space for what I did. Now that I'm five years out, things came in the right time and step by step, there were probably milestones that I was aware of um, and there's probably a lot of milestones that I wasn't. But one of the early stage milestones definitely was Angela's Spark program. It was foundational to where I am today. Okay, so you're going to share all kinds of good nutritional tips with our listeners. Yes. Okay, so eating for energy. I love that you put this one first because this one I resonate so much with as far as just feeling so busy all the time and fatigued. And so many of my clients and students feel this way too, just because we're doers, right? So it's like we just run, run, run. So what do you recommend? Well, eating for energy is a topic that I talk about a lot. And it's hard because it is a vicious cycle when you are doers and you're feeling go, 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 and you need that little pick me up right then. The easiest things to pick you up are caffeine and sugar. And they do work momentarily. They do work even, you know, in, in the case of sugar, maybe for 30 minutes, in the case of caffeine for a couple of hours. So it's very tempting to always do that. But when you do that consistently, you're on this roller coaster up and down and up and down where you're training your body that it will get that when you feel fatigued. And so your body starts to only burn sugar and loses its really good fat-burning mechanisms and requires you or causes you to crave more sugar, more caffeine over and over and over again. So I am not perfect on this. I do have some sugar and I do have some caffeine. But what I recommend is every once in a while doing a little reset. So I run 10-day resets with my clients. You can do this on your own, though. It's just a 10-day or 7-day or 3-day, whatever it takes for you, period, where you take out all the stuff that you know is really not benefiting you over the long run. So it's not a diet. It's not a starvation. It's nothing like this. It's just saying, you know what, let's lay off the caffeine for a couple days. Let's reset my body. And every time I do that, I will realize how addicted to caffeine or sugar or alcohol. Well, not addicted to alcohol. That's maybe a bad example. That's a whole other deal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or processed foods, whatever it is that I am. So if I took 10 days off of caffeine, the first day is going to feel really not great. I'm going to want that coffee. I'm going to have a headache. I'm going to feel fatigued. But by day three or four for me, I start feeling like a normal person again and I feel even better than I did before. Then I can return to having caffeine or sugar or whatever in very moderate doses and feel totally fine with it. So the message is two things. One, When you're turning to these things constantly, you're setting yourself up for craving more and more and more, and you're depleting your energy, you're causing imbalances in your body. But two, if you do have them, because you're human and I do too, take consider taking a few days every few months off of caffeine and sugar in particular. Yes. I love that reset. It's funny you say that because literally yesterday, my husband and I, we were eating and I was like, oh, this is bad. We are in our 
rut, like we call it a rut. We just get into these things and then we do like a 10 day, we do the AdvoCare cleanse. And so we'll, one of us will just go, enough is enough. And it's like, one of us will say it's time (laughs) and then we do the 10 day and we like clean out everything. We clean out our fridge and we just get, like you said, reset. And I think, I think that's so important. I do too. And I bet you'll join me in saying those first day or two or maybe three, you really feel like, oh, why am I doing this? But by the end, you feel great, don't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and it, yes, I totally agree. Okay, so that's eating for energy. Increasing vegetables. Now, we know that we should do this. (laughs) Yes, so all of these next things we'll talk about, vegetables, sugar, all of this, these are all additional ways to increase your energy. So vegetables, people think of it as I should, or my mom told me to, or I know this is healthy, but they don't really know why they should. I think when people don't realize why they should eat vegetables, it's they're only doing it because someone told them to or because they know it's healthy, it's a lot less appealing. But when people realize that vegetables will increase their energy and also will help contribute to lowered risk of chronic diseases, will help maintain their weight, all these kind of other things, then eating vegetables becomes a little bit more appealing. And I'm not saying just, you know, not on a stalk of celery all day and that's all you can eat. Make them (laughs) exciting. Cook them in different ways. Serve them with different things. But really, really dramatically increasing the vegetables, I've found this to be the number one thing that gives me and my clients energy as well. It also prevents cravings. So I do this thing called a veggie pack, and it seems so simple. It's kind of crazy how simple it is, but so many of my clients have said, this is like the number one thing that has changed the way they feel. So a veggie pack is just a Ziploc baggie or a mason jar or a Tupperware or whatever you have full of raw vegetables. And I have this every single day before I have any other snacks in the afternoon. So I'm a snacker. And if I don't pay attention, if I'm not intentional about it, I will snack through anything in sight, which is not good for me because I keep a lot of healthy client samples on hand, right? Like two feet from me. And if I'm not intentional, I'll eat through all of them. So the veggie pack helps me prevent this and helps me get that boost of energy. I make them all on Sunday. So I make seven little packs on Sunday and I just have one every day. So it's snap peas, baby carrots, cherry tomatoes, jicama, broccoli, cauliflower, whatever you like, any kind of raw vegetables you like. And then I serve it with like today mine has olive oil and sea salt on it or some hummus or guacamole or olive tapenade or whatever. And that's my first snack of the day. So I really encourage people to try that, even though it sounds so simple, it will give you a few extra servings of veggies per day. Oh, I love this. It's brilliant. Like so many of the hacks and the tips that we give are like so basic, but they're so brilliant. Basic is sometimes the best. We don't need to make this fancy and complicated. Just like I said, if we have ways to actually do the stuff that we know we should do or we want to do, life becomes easier. Then we don't have to pay attention to all those crazy fad things out there. Yeah. And well, that's the thing is that then it's sustainable because if we get into these elaborate things, even if they do work, 
we're so busy that if, if it's not quick and easy, we're not going to do it long term. So that is totally right. My veggie packs take me about five minutes on Sunday and it's so worth it. Oh my gosh. Nicole will love this. My co-host, she is obsessed with meal planning and she meal plans and she cooks yes. all day on Sunday. And she like, I don't know how she does it. So anyway, she'll love that. Um, do you have any suggestions for resources for like, for me, if I either go to a restaurant, or I go to someone's house and like something like I've literally never cooked Brussels sprouts in my entire life, but I went to a restaurant and I had the most amazing roasted Brussels sprouts. They were very basic with olive oil and salt. I'm sure they had, I think they had a little bacon or whatever in them, but I was like, this isn't hard to do. I looked up a recipe and I'm like, I could totally do this, but I would never think of it. So do you have any resources for those of us that need ideas? Ooh, that's a great question. I spend so much time Googling and looking for different recipes that I've come across so many different websites. I do like the website Skinny Taste. Have you been to that one? No. Skinny Taste is great. I like Minimalist Baker. She's another good one. I like a smaller website, but the Little Honey Bee has some great recipes. And then my last one, I think I'll say Ambitious Kitchen. I like all of those. They're vegetable-heavy websites, but there are so many out there. The thing is, what I tell my clients, be careful if you see something on Pinterest and it says healthy mac and cheese, you might, it might be a healthy mac and cheese. That's great. There are plenty of ways to do it with cauliflower or whatever, but don't trust just that it says healthy. You really have to look at the ingredients. If it's Velveeta macaroni and cheese with, you know, a tablespoon of coconut oil, and that's why they're calling it healthy, (laughs) it's really still not healthy. So be careful when you're Googling unless it's from a reputable source. Yeah, Velveeta's never healthy, guys. (laughs) Sorry. Hate to burst the bubble on that one. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so next we're going to move on to decreasing sugar, which could be, oh, my gosh, it could be a thesis, right? So, Oh, it definitely could be. In fact, as I was writing my book, I wanted to have a, a chapter on sugar, and I do have a chapter on sugar, but when I was sketching it out, it could have easily been the whole book. I had so much information. There's just so much stuff. And I even, I put some charts in there. I tried to give some data and, and even that, it's just the tip of the iceberg. So it's one of my pet peeves, particularly because it's in everything, absolutely everything that you look at in the grocery store has sugar. In fact, I'm trying to find the statistic. It's 70, I think it's 72% of packaged products in the average grocery store contain added sugar, which is amazing. 72%. That's That's depressing. It really is. So it's very, very difficult to stay away from it unless you're a sugar sleuth. Now, I like to tell people to look at labels and don't just look at the grams of sugar, but look at the ingredients. Because if there are 10 grams of sugar and it comes from blueberries versus 10 grams of sugar from high fructose corn syrup, your body metabolizes that completely differently. The blueberries have added antioxidants and nutrients and fiber and so much stuff to make that a lot healthier for you. But if you were just looking at the label, you would only see that 10 grams and you would think it would be the same. And then don't 
just look at the things that you think like candy, you know, there's sugar in there, obviously, (laughs) but look at everything that you use regularly. Some of my pet peeves are barbecue sauce, ketchup, salad dressings, yogurt. That's one that really gets people. They think they're having a healthy breakfast and they grab a yogurt. And so many of the yogurts out there have tons of sugar. I have this one Craft Briars Smooth and Creamy Low-Fat Strawberry Yogurt. It sounds pretty healthy, right? Yeah. It has 39 grams of sugar, which is 10 teaspoons. Oh my gosh, that's insane. It's totally insane. It's really sad because I think consumers, unless they are really educated and are being proactive about this, they can be tricked into craving more and more sugar. So look for all those things, cereal, bread, coffee drinks, frozen dinners, anything like that. Just check and see if there's added sugar in the ingredients. And then this is the last thing about that. The other way that it's tricky for us is that there are 63 FDA approved names for sugar that can be on the label, which is just frustrating. And they're going to have an added sugar line coming out soon. It was supposed to be 2018. Now it's pushed to 2021. But that's too long to wait. So here's the trick to dissect the labels. If it says sugar, then obviously it's added sugar. If it says syrup, even if it's like a healthy syrup, like organic cane syrup or maple syrup, these things are better than high fructose corn syrup, but they're still added sugar. You should still watch out for it. And then anything ending in OSE, so sucrose, dextrose, maltose, any of those things ending in OSE, those are... If you do those three things, the sugar, syrup, and OSE, I think that gets you like 55 of the 63 or something like that. Now, what about fructose, though? Is that okay? So fructose is the sugar that is in higher concentration in fruit. And so some fructose from fruit is totally fine. I'm not one of those people who says don't ever eat fruit. And the flip side, there's this guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, called the 40 banana a day guy. He eats 40 bananas a day and he thinks that's healthy. So, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I'm not that far either. I think everything in moderation. But some fruit is fine. Now, the reason that fructose gets a bad rap is because table sugar is higher in fructose than cane sugar or something like that. They're increasing the load of fructose in the processing or as they process it. And when they do that, that makes our blood sugar spike even more. So that's why high fructose corn syrup has a bad rap because your blood sugar spikes a lot more than even just eating raw sugar, something like that. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you see that on the ingredient label, it's probably a let's stay away from this or it's a once in a while treat. But don't worry about having some fruit, even though that contains fructose. Okay, cool. And maybe what we'll do is after the show, since we we won't have time to go through it all now, you and I can chat through email and we can create a blog post of suggestions for replacements. Does that sound good? Yes, we can definitely do that. And I'll give one more shout out to the book. I have my 15 sources of hidden sugar and all of those have replacements. So things like barbecue sauce, things like that. But again, that was written a year and a half ago. So we can update that for a blog post. Okay, yeah. So I think that'd be so awesome. Because a lot of times we know or we hear what not to do, but then people don't necessarily say, now what do you replace it with? (laughs) Such a good point. Yes, I'm excited to do that. Okay, cool. Yeah, that will be awesome. Our listeners will love that. And I will too. (laughs) 
Okay. So macronutrient balance. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is a fancy sounding word, but I guarantee even if you've never heard the word macronutrient, you know what the three of these are. So macronutrients are protein, fat, and carbohydrates. And the word macro just means that we need more, our bodies need more of them. And then nutrient means it's good for us. So our bodies need all of these three things. And Whenever in the past we've tried to do like a reduction of any of these, so in the 90s we did low fat. I remember growing up and we had like snack wells and Twizzlers and all this kind of stuff around because we thought if it was fat-free, it was super healthy. Mm-hmm. But during that time, America got less healthy, more overweight, uh, blood sugar out of control. And we did low carb. We did the whole Atkins thing. I'm a person who thinks that low refined carbohydrates, so lower amounts of things like bread and pasta and muffins and cookies and all this kind of stuff is a good idea. But low carbohydrate overall That means you can't eat vegetables. And there's no reason in my mind to restrict vegetables unless, of course, you have some kind of medical condition or something like that. I always have to put a caveat, but I really think 99.999% of people should increase their vegetables. So the term low carb overall kind of grinds my gears because vegetables are my favorite food and those are basically all carbs. Anyway, the point about balance that will increase your energy is to be sure you're having enough of all of these protein, fat, and carbohydrates. I'm going to give you an example that people can hopefully relate to. When someone tries to have a healthy breakfast, they might get oatmeal and bananas and strawberries and blueberries and top it with just a little brown sugar and maybe some granola. And all of those are healthy foods, maybe not the brown sugar, but the rest are healthy foods, but they're all carbohydrates. So oatmeal is a carb, fruit are carbs, granola, brown sugar, these are all carbohydrates. So without balance of macronutrients, you're going to feel really hungry a couple hours later, and you're going to be craving sugar the whole rest of the day. So instead of that, I would have people take off the brown sugar and granola and maybe Add some almond butter or shredded coconut or chia seeds. Sometimes I cook an egg in oatmeal to give some more protein and healthy fat. There are so many things you can do, but just think of a way to get some protein and healthy fat in each meal. And just to give you a super quick rundown of what some of each of these things are, carbohydrates, think vegetables and fruits. Those are your best carbohydrates. Then, of course, there are also things like, you know, potatoes, whole grains, beans have carbohydrates, all kinds of things like that. Protein, we think of meat, fish, things like that, but also beans, again, quinoa, yogurt, if you tolerate that, egg whites, some cleaner protein powders, things like that. And then fats, nuts, seeds, avocado, oils, olives, coconut, things like that. So try at each meal or at least throughout the day to get a solid source of each of those. Okay, great advice. Okay, let's talk about morning routine. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. So I threw this in here because it really does give me more energy. And I've seen the same in my clients. Most of us, myself definitely included, are or were in my case in the habit of waking up at the very last minute so that you can get to what you need to do. So if I need to be at work at nine 
and it takes me 15 minutes to drive there and 45 minutes to get ready, I'm going to wake up at 8. And then we feel frantic. And if we oversleep by five minutes, our whole day is off and there's no extra buffer time. We're rolling out of bed, checking our emails and seeing what other people need. And it's just not the ideal way to set yourself up for success during the day. You feel scattered. You feel like you're not really looking forward to what's ahead. So I believe even for those people who hate waking up in the morning, Having a little time in the morning where you do something for yourself is absolutely critical. So all over my office are these signs that say start each day with a grateful heart because the way I started my morning routine many, many years ago was with a gratitude journal. And I made myself do this before I checked my email, before anything, and it took about two minutes just to write down three things that I was feeling grateful for that morning. That simple two minutes changed how I felt the whole day. I started noticing the positive things instead of noticing the negative things. I started feeling more grateful throughout the day. And people actually, like my family, started realizing or started commenting to me that I seemed happier, that I seemed more balanced. So now my morning routine is longer than that and has a lot of other things in there, which I can talk about if you want. But the point is, It can be short. It only can be two minutes. It's just about doing something to set you up for positivity during the day. I love that. We talk a lot about that in Spark and just in so much of the coaching I do and just keeping us focused. And it's interesting you bring that up as a nutritionist, right? Because it's all whole wellness. You can't really compartmentalize all these different parts of our lives. They're all connected. That's absolutely right. Oh, I love it. Okay, so there's two more quick things that we want to talk about. And we talk about exercise a lot here, obviously, because I do yoga. And you're also – so tell us a little bit about what you teach. Yeah, so I teach a high-intensity interval training class and hump day class, which is some booty work. Um, (laughs) That's hilarious. I love it. (laughs) I know. I know. It's a a funny thing to say, but you know what? It's a popular class. People want to work on that booty. But I also love yoga. I love spinning. I love walking and running and kickboxing and Pilates. I love any kind of exercise. I don't think that you need to do any specific type of exercise, just about finding what feels good for your body, as I'm sure you would agree to. Absolutely, for sure. And I can't wait to come to one of your classes. So that'll be really fun. Vice versa. Okay, let's finish with what you mentioned earlier, which as I sit here drinking my coffee, water intake. (laughs) Yeah, one of the biggest causes of fatigue for sure. When we encourage ourselves to drink more water, we feel so much peppier, so much juicier throughout the day. So it's always my water bottle is attached to me. It's constantly with me. People always ask how much water to drink per day. There really is no formula. The 64 ounce thing, that's a great guideline, but you know your body best. I like to take it a a step further and say, take your body weight in pounds. So if you weighed 200 pounds to make the math easy, you divide it in half. That's 100 And then you add 16 for every hour of exercise you do on average. So if I were 200 pounds, I exercised an hour a day, that would be 116 ounces a day for me. Again, that's just a guideline. We really can adjust. So 
if I did that equation for myself, I drink a lot more than the equation would say because that's what makes me feel good. And once you start drinking more, you'll realize that you're thirsty. So most of us, if we're not in the habit of drinking enough water, we don't feel thirsty. That's what my clients always say. Well, I don't need to drink more because I'm not thirsty. But then I say, okay, just try for one day. Have 64 ounces or have however many ounces a day and then maybe do it one more day. Try it for a whole week. And by the end of the week, they're like, wow, I was thirsty by the end. It seems so backwards, but your body shuts down those thirst mechanisms when you're not giving it water. So more water, more clean, pure water. I'm not against things like sparkling water or tea or anything like that, but I think not having any plain water is a disservice to our bodies. Good advice. Yes. Okay, good. That is awesome information. I'm so excited to get your book because I know it's going to be awesome. Um, And they can find that on Amazon. And again, we'll post that in the show notes. And tell us the title again. It's called Start Here. That's the simple title. And then seven easy diet-free steps to achieve your ultimate health and happiness. Oh, I love it. It's a great, great title. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Angela here. I wanted to let you know about something I'm doing to celebrate my 40th birthday. I am gifting 40 free clarity calls, and this is my version of the 40 acts of kindness. And I'm calling it 40 for 40. So go to AngelaWagnerCoaching.com slash 40 for 40 and you can sign up for a session. It is zero selling. I promise you I will do no selling on this call. This is just simply for me to give back and put into the world and to connect with those of you that listen to the podcast or if you have friends that are working through something, we'll spend 30 minutes together and I really hope that you will reach out and connect so that I can help you discover what it is that sparks you. Okay, as you guys know, you can send in questions, anything that you have questions about, we will feature you on the podcast. So send them into podcast at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. And you guys know we talk about habit change, time management, exercise, organizing, anything about life and inspiration. And now we can even reach out to Megan with nutrition questions. So why don't you give our listeners a a simple try this for them this week? Sure. So we talked about a lot of things. I would love to have you try all of them, but I'm just going to ask you to try one. As you are listening to us talk, Angela and I talk, was there one thing that really jumped out? You were like, ooh, I can really, I could really do that and I would probably benefit from that. And I'm going to give you three choices. One is eat a veggie pack. I think that's simple and you'll be surprised how great you feel. Number two, since we just talked about it, is up that water. Calculate your water intake and drink that number of ounces just for one week. And then number three is to think about the macronutrient balance. And if you're having any meals that are just like that oatmeal and bananas and berries and granola that I said, see if you can add in some healthy fat, some avocado or nuts or some protein and see how that makes you feel during the week. Okay, good. I love it. Those are great, great challenges. Okay, so finish us off with a shout out. 
Yes, I love your shout out. I wanted to give a hundred shout outs. So I made it more general. My shout out is to all my clients this week because summer is usually a time when people uh, have gone on vacation and lost track of their health and lost focus. But my clients this week have been just awesome. And that, as you know, Angela, makes my day better, makes my day happier and makes me just so proud of them. So to all my clients, a shout out to you. Oh, that's so sweet. It's so true as a coach, like to see success. And people don't think of it that way, like that they're giving that to us, but they are like that when you guys are successful, it makes us feel good, you know, just to see that. That's so awesome. Okay, so how can our listeners get a hold of you? Oh, a million ways. So social media wise, I really only do Facebook and Instagram. I try to do Twitter, but I'll be honest, I don't do it very well. So me neither. I I don't get it. So I'm totally with you. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it would take me too much time to scroll through and it's not that fun. So I'll tell them Facebook and Instagram. I'm the Lion Share Wellness on Facebook and just the Lion Share Instagram. Uh, My website is thelionshare.org. And then you're always welcome to email me. It's Megan at thelionshare.org. And hopefully we can put those in the links because people always forget that second S. It's lions with an S and then share with an S. Yes. And lions with a Y. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. All confusing. I know. Well, we'll put it in the show notes and then we'll also put it in the description so that they can just click the link on their phone or whatever. Yeah. We try to make it really easy for them to get a hold of you. Yeah. And is there any other information that if they are interested in health coaching and what you do that you recommend, what would be their first step? Um, Take a look through my website. There's a health coaching page there where I give a little bit more information on what it's like to be one of my clients and then feel free to reach out. I do a free initial consultation just to get to know you. It's not really uh, giving solutions, but it's get to know you, see if we're a good fit for each other. And then I always like to leave with just a positive message because so many people out there, even the people that are listening to these podcasts, they're feeling like, oh, that's great information. I just, I don't know if it's possible for me. So I want to say to everyone, you can do this. Take really, really small steps. You don't have to do everything Angela and I just talked about. Just take one small step and you can do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom. It's been so much fun to share what you do. And I'm super excited to come to your class. And I've actually personally worked with Megan. We did some work on my allergy test or intolerance testing. So I can vouch for her. She's pretty amazing. So if you guys have questions, again, reach out to her or us and we will help you out because we always say like, you're not alone. And so get support and that's what we do. So Nicole had her baby, yes. which was fabulous. She's going to be such a good mama. The scarf's on fire. <laughs> Sucky moment of the week. <laughs> well, I'm not spending any money this month. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Woo, okay, this was all worth it. <laughs> So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Spark. If you have a few extra minutes, please do an act of kindness and leave us a review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends. 
It really helps us out. You can find the show notes and blog posts at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Coach A. Wags. Remember this week to take the time to give thanks, raise a glass, and discover what it is that sparks you. 